Another day, another podcast. Today we have a special guest, someone who's widely known for retaining and highlighting talent in Chicago, as well as bringing venture capital in the Midwest. I'm happy to have Landon Campbell from Drive Capital. Landon, thanks for getting on. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. Thank you. Let's get into it. So like, oh, let's talk about the early part of your career. So more about your time in DePaul and what were your interests at that time? Yeah. So from California originally, I feel like I tell this story so much. So I hope people aren't annoyed with it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, fresh, fresh meat when I moved here, man. Like I didn't know anybody, no family, no friends here. Um, and just really wanted to find a way to learn as much as I could in a short period of time and also meet as many people as I could in a short period of time. Um, people who I'd want to work for one day, I'd want to learn from. And the best way that I uh, did that was through internships. So just started interning at a lot of different companies to also kind of give me better clarity of what I wanted to do with my life. Um, you know, what industries interest me the most, um, which one's the least. So I think it's really important to just do as much as you can while you're young. Um, and you don't need to focus so early on finding like, you know, your passion, like do multiple interests, like see what you obsess over, see what you hate, see what you like, see what you to spend some more time learning about um but i did everything from like sales um you know law firm credit union um you know just these three to six month internships telemarketing i mean i kind of tried to do it all wow. um, i then like did student government which i loved and you know many parts of it disliked like i could never do politics um because <laughs> uh, you know crazy world there um but I was the vice president of DePaul. That was a lot of fun my senior year. But again, all that to say, just do a lot of shit in your 20s. Um, yeah. I think that's the most important piece of advice. So you say that, but then also for me, like currently as a student, you're speaking also to me as well. Um, there are certain careers too, like for say for finance, like I'm a big finance bro. And like a lot of times, especially if you don't go to what they call target schools, if you're not at those type of schools. They usually want kids to automatically know what type of career they're trying to get into because moving forward down the road, maybe by junior year, if you're still not settled yet, then sometimes for careers like in law or finance, it might be a little bit too late. So how do you balance that? And what exactly can you do to find those little signs of your interests? Yeah. Um, as competitive as the world is and to your point you know let's use venture for example like i didn't come from a quote-unquote venture target school um i, I love to paul but i didn't i didn't do an inch of venture finance or anything um you know yeah. I, I made it in public relations so when i identified that i wanted to break into this space i knew like you know i, I was already at a disadvantage so you have to work a little harder um where you got to build your brand in a unique way and uh try and find like your unique um, sort of entry point into that space. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of give myself that same advice, even if I went to a target school, you, you got all these students that are going after the same thing. What unique skills or unique perspective can you bring to finance? Can you bring to venture? Can you bring to marketing? Um, so for me, like, I'm glad I started a podcast and that kind of got me into venture. Like I, I really specialize in storytelling. Um, and I also built, you know, media companies slash like just through my podcast. So go to market is a specialty for me. And then also just Chicago in general. Like I, I want to be someone who like knows so much about this ecosystem, all the little insights, you know, what's needed here. 
different founders. So I feel like that's a competitive advantage that I have as well. So um, that's, you know, advice for any student that's going after a field that is very popular um, and difficult to quote unquote break into or get into. Um, you got to do it. Uh, you you got to go in through a unique path. Like don't just do what everybody else is doing. You got to like kind of add your own little flavor to it. Um, there were people before I got into venture through my podcast that I saw that, you know, I, I really said, okay, yeah, like I think that could be an entry point for me, but I still aim to do it in my own unique way. Um, so you can kind of see the framework from others, but you still got to um, you know, be unique with how you move. Wow. That's a really good insight. And then, uh, eventually, like a right, right around spring of 2020, you did join the Black Venture Capital Horse Team. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, and during that time, it seemed like it struck the chord because you're now a general manager at Drive Capital. So what was exactly the mission there? And what yeah. was the um, reason as to why that probably catered to your interest in BC? Totally. Yeah. We, we see all these... Um, very unfortunate numbers of like how much capital goes to black and brown entrepreneurs. Um, and I just like to tell it like it is. I don't think that's something that's going to be fixed overnight. So the whole mission of Black Venture Capital Consortium is almost to create a butterfly effect. Like what if we can kind of get in with college students earlier who want to be entrepreneurs one day, want to be investors one day, um, really build a community there, give them the skills they need to succeed, literally place those students um, at top firms, um, not just firms, you know, necessarily like that are smaller, like again, top firms, um, or give them the tools they need to, um, help build the, their companies. Um, like, you know, we actually invest like in student founders, um, through this pitch competition we did. So the, the kind of long-term vision was what if that was able to create a butterfly effect where in the future, like, you know, five, 10, 15 years, hopefully it happens in a shorter period of time. But once that, you know, black or brown entrepreneur, is looking for funding, you know, they maybe have someone, um, black or brown investor or fund manager, or even LP in the future um, that they met during one of their various cohorts early on in DVCC uh, that they can grow up with. Um, because I, I think that a lot, and this is not every investor at all, um, and I'm especially lucky to be and thankful to be at a firm that we just want to invest in the top talent. We're very intentional with where we search, making sure, you know, like, we never want founders or expect founders to come to us. Like we're constantly on the move looking for the top founders where um, they might not be getting the best attention that they deserve, you know, HBCUs, et cetera. Um, but a lot of investors out there, they want to invest in what they know. They want to invest in what looks like them, people coming from the communities that they came from or in the same, you know, Greek life organizations that they were in, et cetera, yeah. um, where it's almost, yeah, a lot of investors are lazy, you know, like you, you got to be very intentional with going out and hitting these communities that, you know, you usually don't spend time in or going to these schools that you usually don't recruit from or source from. Um, and with BBCC, just imagine, you know, if you were able to have more black and brown fund managers in the future, um, investors, capital allocators who also can be more intentional with where they search. Um, so I think that will just kind of help evolve the entire ecosystem as a whole in the future. We still have a lot of work to get there, um, but that, that's something that's really important to me. Like I want to continue to make entrepreneurship and investment um, like a, a cool thing for people to pursue. Like, yeah. I have a lot of fun with what I do. And I think that uh, 
we need more young black and brown kids that want to pursue, um, you know, career paths um, like this. Um, wow. Either from the operating side, the investing side, or the company building side. Um, in order to do that, we got we got to really be uh, willing to help each other out. Uh, we got to be sort of transparent about work that we do. Like, that's why I'm so vocal about what I do online. Like I, I'm wanting, I want to show others what it's like to be in this space. And that's sort of a big tenet that is just stuck with me for years. Like in order to become successful, you need to see success and people need to yeah. see what it looks like to be an investor, be a founder, uh, but even more specifically, be a black or brown investor or black or brown founder. So I know that was a long pointed um, answer, but that was the mission of DBCC. Um, and it fired me up, um, clearly. So yeah, I'm really excited that I was able to do work with them early. I like that. And I, I think a lot more investors need to be like you. It, the fact, like you said, the key word that really stuck with me is just being intentional. And you somewhat answered my question. Maybe you could probably evolve after I asked this, but now the fact that you're at Drive Capital, what is your competitive edge and that you have individually yourself, Landon, um, and that Drive Capital has when it comes to differentiation from competitors? Yeah, I'm convinced that um, founders want investors that give off and have that founder energy themselves. Mm. Um, you got so many investors that, you know, again, just try and they just expect that founders are going to come to them. And, you know, it's I just, I just have never been someone who uh, wants to be in this space and take it for granted. Like, you know, I, I, I'm just constantly on the road. I don't want to be lazy. You know, like I, I have that energy yeah. uh, to build something special in the city and support my founders. I go above and beyond for the founders that we work with. So that means being more than an investor, you know, like being an interim co-founder, being a therapist, a confidant, um, being a friend. Um, I'm very involved drive as a firm we are very involved like we have this famous line on our website like we're in the trenches with our founders and i love that um when we invest it's not like a okay here's the money see ya or let us know if you need us it's no like we're here with you um in a respectful way obviously it's always going to be up to the founders like where they want to take their companies their visions but it's been proven that Partnering with high-quality investors leads to high-quality companies. So we do that by being on constantly, um, on the go, looking for companies. Um, and these aren't always founders that are on LinkedIn saying, I'm launching a company. Like, especially yeah. my focus of going early, I'm, I'm really um, trying to found, find founders before they're founders. <laughs> oh, okay. And how are you doing yeah. that? Uh, at least the time that I spend on these university campuses, um, really helping to build the drive name and brand. Um, I do that through a lot of community building. So bringing people together, um, educating on sort of what we look for in, in founders and just my general advice to founders. Um, so that one day, maybe there's a student that has an idea um, uh, to build a company. They know which investor to hit up first. Like I, I want to be that person that they reach out to first and um, so that we can help them work through sort of what they're building or even invest. Um, and that goes beyond the companies we invest in too. Like, because I'm so passionate about this ecosystem, uh, I, I also want to be a support for the founders that aren't necessarily drive founders. And I do that by opening up my network, unsolicited intros, 
maybe I have someone that's looking for a job. Okay, let me connect you with, uh, you know, this team that I know of. So you gotta, um, you gotta sort of be a quarterback in a role like this. You know, you gotta connect the dots. You gotta, um, you know, see who needs support, who needs help. Um, you know, maybe someone's gonna be hit with a challenge that they don't even know about and they don't have eyes on yet. So you never want to, the best investors never give their founders like, you know, the answers they got, the founders got to find the answers themselves because you want to make sure that they're going to make the right moves when you're not in the room. But it's my job to really level the playing field for them um, and build like a really good environment around them so they can do what they do best, build. And you really, what also struck a note with me was the fact that you're trying to find founders before they are founders. Yeah. Another thing a lot of people do know about you is the fact that you're a big advocate for Chicago, right? Yeah. Like you want, like I said, you want to retain talent and you want to highlight talent. Yep. But a lot of people do know at the same time that in Chicago, jobs are leaving. Uh, big companies like Citadel, Boeing, Tyson Foods, Caterpillar, all these like large companies. You go down Michigan Avenue and you see a lot of storefronts empty. Yep. So what's your vision with Chicago? Yeah, well, I think there's always going to be people coming and going. Uh, you know, that's the beauty of sort of the times that we're in. You know, we're going to see more distributed workforces. Um, you know, companies wanting to build bases in other places, companies coming to Chicago. Um, so I'm not concerned necessarily with the companies that have left. Um, you know, Citadel, yes, well, that's a great loss. Um, how many people did we lose? Like 400 to 500. So yeah. I, I think that you hear a big company like Citadel and you assume it was thousands and thousands of employees that left. Um, and that just isn't true. So um, I think that there, are, yeah, I'm really focused less on the found, founders and people who want to leave, um, more focused on the founders that we do have and getting founders to also consider moving here um, and relocating to our awesome city. And, you know, we're, we're not a perfect ecosystem and there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited to, you know, help contribute to and fix. Like early stage capital is a huge one that will keep founders in Chicago. Um, historically, it's very difficult to get early stage capital here. I'm hoping we can change that, you know, with our $80 million seed um, fund and program where we're looking at ideas on napkins, founders before their founders. Um, I think that can be a huge way to keep them here. And then also um, more growth capital um, is, of course, needed. Founders need to understand and know that, okay, I can raise a pre-seed or seed round here, but Will I have firms committed to also investing in my other rounds um, in the future? Or do I have to go to New York or San Francisco? I think that will continue to improve the more um, we see other firms and other ecosystems looking at places like Chicago, which we're already seeing. I just saw a crazy cool stat where half of the investments made by New York and Bay Area investors um, in 2021 and 2022 were outside of New York and the Bay. So these top investors in these other ecosystems are already starting to realize um, the, the vast opportunities in America's heartland, like in middle America, uh, where top companies are being formed. And I know that's just a general mentality that we've believed in and seen and will continue to support. Great companies don't have to just be built in the Bay, in New York. Great companies can be built anywhere. And we're not looking for the number two or number three. We're, we're investing in the number one companies. Um, and a lot of those founders are overlooked and it's getting better um, as more investors in these other ecosystems start to focus on Chicago. But yeah, we're, 
it's nothing new for us. You know, we, we've continued and we'll continue to see opportunity here. I love the way you're seeing the market. That comes for me to ask what exactly founders should do when it comes to talent acquisition then, especially in a tight job market. Yeah, um, that's a great question. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of these uh, large tech companies cut back. Uh, people overhired, man. I mean, that, that's just what it was. And I think it took someone like Elon to really show, no, like, you know, uh, we have to be uh, much more lean um, and do more with the resources that we have. Um, and I think that uh, that's something that we're going to continue to see, like, on the top and, you know, Facebook following that, um, Snapchat following that. Um, like a lot of um, companies, top tech companies followed, I think, you know, what Elon um, kind of put in place with Twitter. But that's something that I'm also encouraging my founders to do. Um, and yeah, I'm lucky. I work with like early, early founders. Um, you know, a lot of these founders are um, generalists. You have to really be a generalist, you know. Um, uh, you know, when you're starting a company, you got to do everything. Founder-led sales, founder-led marketing. Um, even if you're not amazing at it, like, you know, you, you got to get on TikTok and try and make some social content for your company. And then hire someone, of course, in the future that's better than you and is the best. But exactly. you still want to create those conversations, which is why founders need to kind of try everything um, in the early days. But back to my point of working with pre-seed companies, I mean, they're not going crazy with hiring. And if they are or would, I would give them advice to kind of, um, you know, Pump the not to, uh, because companies are going to need to be lean in times like this, uh, especially with a lot of the catastrophic, you know, banking stuff that we saw recently, maybe founders aren't going to be able to depend on venture debt anymore. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to work with what they have from these firms um, and uh, be very smart uh, with what they do. You know, we, we always hear like move fast, break things. I, I, I kind of, I live in the middle where it's, it's like chess. You got to be very intentional with how you move and what you spend money on. But you got to be in the mindset to iterate quick and try new things. Like don't fear, um, you know, maybe trying a new campaign because you think uh, it might not work. You, you got to try things, but know when to turn it off if it's not working and be very data driven. Um, so understand, okay, like am I seeing a lift of users from this new campaign? Um, oh, it's not working? Okay, let's turn it off, iterate, try something new. Because, um, yeah, there is a lot of... Uh, iteration that's required for early stage companies you got to get out talk to users try new things but also like make sure you, you're tracking the data to be very intentional with the moves you make exactly being intentional about the moves you make and iteration is key so now given the events with svb right and that was a bank that favored and focused heavily on venture-backed companies Without saying too much, what can founders do differently to manage their risk better? Um, yeah, I think a lot of us learn that uh, you need to um, not put all your, all your eggs in one basket. Um, ironically, now, though, I think <laughs> SVB is, is a place that you, know, you, you could consider uh, you know, putting your finances because they drop that FDIC limit. Yes. But still, um, you know, I, I think that... Uh, if I could go back and give my founders any advice, you know, like don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, but yeah, the events that happened, like it just really uh, unfortunate to see it. A lot of my friends work for the bank and they've been a trusted partner, as you mentioned, to so many, myself included. Um, and I, I really hope they see their time 
again, um, you know, at the top, you know, supporting founders, but uh, you got to also keep in mind just the, the PTSD that a lot of, um, you know, uh, people are going to have for, for a minute. And I think uh, SVB has a unique opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, rebuild. So um, uh, a lot was learned over the, the weekend. And uh, it, yeah, it was just such an interesting weekend. It, it happened during St. Patty's in Chicago. And I was kind of working out of the office all day and uh, just kind of, I, I Ubered from home to the office in the morning and just seeing everybody out and about and partying and having a good time, which, you know, more power to them. But I, I just felt like so many people were not in the know of what could have happened. Um, it, it's, the Fed didn't step in as they should have. So think, thankfully, everything um, worked out. But um, what, a, what a scary time. Yeah. And then due to the liquidity crunch that we're seeing banks having, do you think it's a hard time to raise right now? No, dude. I, I think that this is a, a great time. You could always argue that, uh, you know, like the next day, the next day is perfect time to raise. But if you want to look at the numbers, just how much dry powder exists, I've heard different um, ranges, but let's, let's say between like 200 and 400 billion of dry powder. Um, that okay. um, It's just waiting in uh, the lanes, you know, ready to get deployed into companies. Um, and I think that there's always going to be ups and downs and like macro level uncertainty. But if you're, if you're building a great business, if you're a great storyteller, teller, if you have, you know, um, high vision, but then also know what you need to do in the short term, so that all goes back to the storytelling. Um, money will be there. And also, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, this, and this is common advice, but the, the more you ask for capital and need capital, like the less chance you're going to get it. So yeah. I think that um, I'd advise everybody to like really be strategic about creating a, you know, almost like a FOMO plan. Um, you know, like what leverage do you have to go into those conversations ready to just kick ass and like say, this is what we're doing. It's what we've done, you know, without capital, why we need capital. Um, I, I just think, you know, of the hundreds of companies I've met with, like, I, I, I love the founders that, um, yeah, necessarily just like, <laughs> it feels like they're not begging, you know, like they, they, they're, they're, they're doing good. Um, but this can only like, you know, just add fire to the, the flame um, or fuel to the flame, I should say, um, and help get them to the next milestone. So. All that to say, yes, it's a great time to um, fundraise, but the best time to raise capital was yesterday. I mean, it's always going to be great. Focus more on just building a great business, less on that, and it will come. And then now due to the Fed hiking interest rates and companies in both private and public markets, they're finding large discounts on their valuations. So how should founders go about valuing their companies now? Or do you still also think that comparables and multiples are now like astronomical numbers? Or, and are you focusing as a VC um, on book value? Yep. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, I'd say just expect um, things to tone down a little bit, <laughs> come back to what they were. Yeah. Um, as, yeah, like valuations are going crazy for a while. Um, and while we're not valuing our companies, our pre-seed companies at least, um, that's not really going to matter for our companies until they hit the seed. Uh, I just would, uh, yeah, it, it's still like with negotiating, like you give your number and like, you know, we give ours and we're always going to be somewhere in the middle, but just as assume that, uh, um, yeah, book value is going to play a more important part. 
And then your youth provides a new perspective on how uh, you look at founders. So when it comes to finding new portfolio companies, what stands out the most to you? Um, because I'm looking so early and ideas are cheap, execution is everything. Um, you know, I, I think the founders are the most important um, part of what we're looking for. Um, so more the uh, sort, sort of the, uh, the horse, not the carriage, I guess you can kind of say. Um, like, ideas pivot so much. And we, yes, we want ideas that like, you know, we want to back today and understand and there's a clear why now, there's clear market size. Um, but when it comes down to it, like, how does the founder tell that story? What is their unique expertise? I don't need people who have been in the space for 40 you know, years, not necessarily, but still with the, the little time that they've had, you know, maybe um, working at a long COVID lab. Okay. So those unique experiences have helped you launch, um, you know, a product that's willing to help patients struggle with long COVID. That's one of the first companies that uh, we invested in here or, um, you know, I have one company that's building software for musicians. Um, you know, one of the founders has in his family have spent years, you know, being musicians and they understand the struggles and sort of like what's needed uh, to be successful in the space. So it's just really how you communicate your unique experiences. I, I can't tell your story for you. Like you got to tell your own story. Um, and I feel like a lot of founders just leave key details on the table or just haven't been intentional about like, you know, how they want to really um, talk about what they did and what they're doing currently that's led them to create this company. So uh, yeah, founders are mo the most important. And as you already know, um, this podcast has a focus on building authentic relationships between VCs and founders. Um, what are some steps that both sides can take to make that happen? Yeah, great question. Because so many founders just assume, you know, I could pitch today, get funding tomorrow. Um, and very straightforward. It's just not like that. Um, so I think the relationships that you build um, before can really uh, end up, uh, end up uh, you know, doing, giving you great returns in the future. Um, so yeah, just be intentional with like what value you can provide to investors before they invest um, or the brand that you have, you know, like make it obvious that you are the go-to person in XYZ space so that when you end up wanting to launch something in that space, it's like, oh, of course, you know, Jason is, um, you know, brilliant guy on, um, you know, consumer uh, applications or consumer social, spends a lot of time on social media talking about it, sharing unique insights. Um, so I think brand building and credibility is super important. So that's why I always say like build in public. Um, and then also, yeah, there's some relationships that you can build prior really help um, because that will feel like uh, when you do have to pitch, like it, it feels less of a pitch. Um, right. because these people can become your friends, et cetera. So um, I think like when you're fundraising, like when you're pitching, like, you know, it's, it's obvious. You got, you got to really put that fundraising hat on. So take the time that's necessary before you even hit that step to build these relationships first. And that can be done in different ways um, through providing value first as any relationship is built. What do you think are some like market trends that you're currently seeing? that founders, you know, there's a market opportunity for new businesses to develop and grow. Yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting. Uh, 
Yeah, I wanted to give like a fun one because um, I feel like, you know, generative AI, like, yes, that's a space that I'm really interested in, but I feel like everybody would answer with that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time looking at the creator economy. Um, so looking okay. at uh, sort of these creator AI tools, um, tools that uh, can augment the workflow of creators, make their lives easier, um, and in turn, like, you know, help them get the data they need um, through actual insights to make better decisions for their brands, make more money. Um, so that, that's a space that I'm really interested in. So interested because I, I used to work at Cameo and I, I just feel like there's so much more that needs to happen in the creator space. Less infrastructure, you know, like we, we have too many social platforms, but more like, okay, using AI to sort of replace legal work for creators or, you know, help with SEO optimization or help with community intelligence. I think there's a lot of opportunities there. Very interesting take. And then at last, we're coming to a closing for the podcast. What advice do you have for both investors and founders that may be listening to today's episode? Uh, do the work before you have the job, for sure. That's one of the best pieces of, of advice that I got early in my career. Um, if you want to be an investor, just do it. You know, like Start doing the role of an investor. So connect the dots, build a network of founders and investors, start providing value to them. Um, start to really hone in on maybe two to three industries that make you, um, that you're interested in, that you're passionate about and start sharing your insights about those. Like just, you know, start doing the work before you have the job and you'll never have to apply for a role in venture, um, in your life. So that, that's great advice that I would give to any investor. And, um, yeah, same with the, the founders too. Like do the, do the work before you have the job in the sense where, what are you doing before you raise that capital? I think that um, that's a really telling sign of the type of founders that uh, are going to be successful, the ones that grind, the ones that are able to make something out of nothing, um, and the ones that are just you know chasing the money because it's sort of sexy to raise uh, venture. Which um, yes, like you know I'm a capital allocators, but still like uh, we want founders that uh, we have to chase, um, as I mentioned earlier. Well, everyone, there you have it. That's Landon Campbell from Drive Capital. Thank you for being on the podcast, brother. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. This was a lot of fun.